Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. Come on, y'all. What's happening, Instagram? Come on, Instagram. Um, I'm going to just do a quick impromptu Ask the Bishop. I know it's late. I planned on doing this an hour and a half ago. I had a call come in. And so um, I was doing that. But anyway, come on in. We're going to do a quick Ask the Bishop. You can ask me anything uh, tonight. Come on in. Come on in. We did this uh, last week. It was just an impromptu thing. Shalom, what's going on? Come on in. Let me know where you're watching from. Grace and peace. God bless you. Hey, um, good to see you, Bishop McGee. Congratulations. Come on in. Shalom, everybody. Come on in. I was supposed to do this an hour and a half ago. Then I had a call come in that I needed to address and uh, take care of that. But it was all good. All is well. Baltimore. Hey, Baltimore. Come on in. What's going on? Hey, Dream Painting. I saw your message. I will be getting back to you. I get about two to three hundred messages a day. So it takes me a while. But I did see yours coming through. Hey, Arizona. What's going on? Come on in, guys. Shalom, Tampa. Hey, Tampa. Tampa, come on in. I'm just going to do Instagram. It's totally impromptu. Uh, I just want to do a quick scenario. Uh, ask the bishop. You can ask me anything in that. Relationships, um, dating, marriage, ministry, whatever. You can do that. All right. So come on in. Y'all know how to do it. Ask the questions. Can y'all tell them how to ask the questions? I should remember from last time, but I don't remember. How do you ask these questions? Do, how do you do it? Like, no, 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 no. How do you do it? Is it true that blaspheming the Holy Ghost is dying and never expecting Christ, uh, accepting Christ as your savior. So to blaspheme the Holy Ghost is a good question. Hey, Atlanta, what's going on? Hey, DC, to blaspheme the Holy Ghost, it, it is to reject. So the scripture says no man comes to the Lord except the spirit draw him, right? So to blaspheme the Holy Ghost is that when that drawing comes, a person rejects the drawing, right? And so as a result of that, that in, after so many times that person, right, uh, eventually could could die and not have uh, given their lives to the Lord. And that's what it means to blaspheme one of those. Hello, LA, the question mark. Okay, there you go. Use the question mark. Whoop, there it is. Thought you knew. Somebody says here. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, so whatever questions you got, y'all do me a favor. Go put them in the question thing. And uh, and then I'm going to answer some questions. Thanks, guys. Right next to the share, the question mark button. I'm going to answer some questions. Um, anything. Come on. Uh, you can ask your question. Type it right there in the chat. Anything for those. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, my pleasure. Let me say shalom, everybody. Shalom. Son. Uh, let me say this. Come on, East Point. That's Georgia. That's Atlanta. Come on, ATL. Um, let me say this. Watching um, watching a feat. Uh, I think you mean washing a feat signifies. It signifies two things. One, um, and guys, so that everybody can see the question. If you put it in that question mark thing for me, I can put it up on the screen. Um, so washing your feet. Um, it was two things. Uh, the first thing that washing your feet dealt with um, was it was about Jesus serving those that he led. So that's a concept. Uh, can I get a few to type this called servant leadership, servant leadership. What servant leadership says is whatever I expect of those that I lead, I do as the leader. I'm going to say it again. Servant leadership says whatever I expect of those that I lead, I do as the leader. So when Jesus is washing the feet, of his 12. And I want you to pay very close attention. Um, Jesus does not wash the feet of everybody. He only washes the feet of the 12 that were in the ranking leadership positions. That's very important. Sometimes when you are a senior leader, what people will do is try to put things on you that Jesus never did. Jesus never washed the feet of the multitude. If I listen, he washed the feet of the 12 that had rank. Um, Acts chapter one refers to them as the bishops. Let another man take his office, his bishopric. So those 12 ranking apostles, they were ruling apostles. They were the bishops. They had rank over the other. There was at least 70 plus apostles. So <clears throat> whenever um, you do that, sometimes people will try to pull people down. Well, you know, the, the leader should do this. He needs to do this. He needs to do that. Mm -mm. Jesus only did that for those 12. He did not wash everybody's feet. That's very important. Because as the leader, his job was to lead his leaders and let his leaders lead, lead his organization. All right. Um, so that's just a, a point. The second thing, when you wash your feet, it represented washing someone of their journey. You were cleansing them from what their journey had been and giving them a fresh start. So when you see Jesus do that, 
it was giving them a fresh start. Um, and that's what you see. That's what you see happening with that. So um, that's the washing your feet. All right. I see some questions coming up. We're going to answer them. We'll just go for, um, I think last time I only intended to do it for 15 minutes. I think it ended up being on there for like 45, almost an hour, but it was good. So y'all come on in. If you haven't, let me know where you're watching from. Let me know where you're watching from. I will for my East Coast family. It's 1130, um, but you're good. Come on, let's just spend a few minutes together. Um, and again, I was going to do this an hour and a half ago and uh, um, I had a call come in that I needed to take and address that. All right, let's go. Here we go. The best way to cut people out with the least drama and not to hurt them. Some people have to go. Great question. Can y'all see that question? Um, let me have you respond with this. Type on there. Um, what you think the answer is, because I want you to engage, but let me answer the question. Um, the best way to cut people out is to be, uh, I'm going to give you this. There's, there's two different ways. There's the direct approach. There's the indirect approach. Hey, Lakewood, there's the direct approach. There's the indirect approach. First of all, for everybody in Colorado, guys, we need to get into prayer about this snow. This is a mess. Um, <laughs> I said, you got to be kidding me. Um, but there's the direct approach. The direct approach is, hey, I want you to know um, I appreciate you. I thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you've been in my life. This seat that you have held in my life is a seat you can no longer hold in my life. That's the direct approach. The indirect approach, can I be honest with you? I'm not a huge fan of the indirect approach for people that were very close to you. Um, you know, they call it now like in, in, in internet dating, they call it ghosting. Anybody ever been ghosted on tonight? Anybody ever been ghosted? Come on, I love that. It's nice to go. Anybody ever been ghosted? Ghosted means you were talking to somebody, getting to know them, and then they just ghost. They just disappear like Casper. But they're not even a friendly ghost. They're an absentee ghost. Um, you want to see the snow. Google it. I promise you, it's, it's not all it's cracked up to be. People be driving slow. Um, so in that, um, that I don't, when you're dealing with people who are close to you, I do not think that that's a good way to do that. Because what you do is you're going to sow that. And the Bible says you're going to have to reap that. If I listen, the way you deal with people, even in cutting them off, you're going to have to reap that. So you have to be careful that you don't deal with people in a way you would not want to be dealt with because you're going to have to reap what you sow. Um, the second piece of that is the indirect. So if you're dealing with someone where you maybe were not as close, there was not a lot of interaction, um, then what you simply do is you simply begin to reduce that interaction. Um, just be mindful that you're going to have to reap what it is that you sow. Let me also say this. You cannot be worried about hurting people. Um, I have discovered that people can be hurt from things that have never happened before. Right. Anybody on here tonight um, where you've ever had somebody mad at you for something that you didn't even know? I see several of you. You've been ghosted um, where you didn't even know. Like you're like this didn't even happen. You can have people who are angry with you for things that did not actually happen. And so I realized I can't control that. I am not responsible for what another person feels. Um, but I am responsible. Let me teach you guys this term. It's called input goals. Most of us live life trying to have life from output goals, trying to control outcomes. You cannot control every outcome. Instead, you have what's called an input goal, which means I control what I am inputting. All right. So those are the two approaches you can take. But you got to realize when you're cutting, when you're, whenever you're talking about removing someone from, which is why it's so important. Take a take. Everybody listen. Take time before you give people seats at your table. Take time before you give people seats at your table, uh, because it is much easier to never give them the seat than to have to give the seat and give them the seat and have to take it. I'm going to say it again. Take time. Take time before you got people coming over your house. Come on, let's go here. Take time before you got people in your car and in your private space and even FaceTiming people. Like they're seeing all your house and looking all, you know, looking at all your stuff and seeing your stuff. Like people like take time because it's much easier to never give the seat than to give the seat and have to take the seat. Got it. And there's some people you won't you'll never take the seat from. Um, and that's because you are so concerned with how they're going to feel when you take it. So if you just. You know, slow down that process, that'll make that easier. All right, guys, we're just doing a little Q&A. Ask the bishop tonight. It's impromptu. Come on, Brenda. Brenda says, I'm going to start taking time. This is good. Just doing a little impromptu. Ask the bishop. Um, here's one. Uh oh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? 
Um, there we go. Is it wrong to get tattoos? As a friend, I actually asked this question, um, and uh, I believe the message series is called Taboo Topics. Excuse me, I actually answered it. And I give you a much more in-depth biblical answer. Um, so a tattoo in scripture, this what the scripture forbades is the tattoo in memoriam of the dead. That's because they use tattoos as ways for necromancers, necromancing, necro-dead mans, to, to romance the dead, to raise or bring back the dead, to interact with them. And so uh, it's so important that you have a full biblical understanding of it. So grab that series. Thanks for seeing it. Great job on that. You can put the, um, if I get a few of you to type that for those who go back and look at the replay, um, the taboo topics. And uh, I, will, I answer that question in there and I give you biblical background on it. So the short answer is no comma, it depends, is the short answer. All right. But those of you maybe grew up and said, no, nah, Bishop, it is. I want to challenge you. Um, I want to challenge you. I did a whole series called American Idols, for example, um, because um, a lot of stuff that people say the Bible says, it never says. Let's use some, let's do some things like cleanliness is next to godliness. It's not in the Bible. Now, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Dirty show ain't godly, but it does not say cleanliness is next to godliness. Um, masturbation. That's another big topic. You know, I have had people say, oh, no, it's wrong and it's this and you're letting spirits in and this and this and this and this. And I taught it from the Bible. Go get that series. I'm not answering that question tonight. So don't answer it. Don't ask it. Go get that series. But there's a lot of things that people do not know uh, about the word. And so when I show people from the word, there's a lot of bondage people have put on themselves where they say the Bible says stuff that it does not say. It does not say. So um, so get that series taboo topics. All right, uh, let's see, a couple more questions. Guys, put them in the in the question thing. Oh, this one just says here. Thank you for that. Boom. What else we got? When uh, were you first consecrated? What did you do? When you were first consecrated, what did you do to establish yourself? So consecration is a word about the bishopric. And so if the question is, what did I do to establish myself as a bishop? I was already established as a leader and a pastor. So the bishopric was simply a recognition of what I already did. Um, um, three officers of the church. Let's just teach for a second. Three officers of the church, the Episcopus, that's the bishop, the presbyter, that's the elder and the diaconate, that's the deacon. And so, um, in all of that, when I was consecrated, I was already a leader. What's going on guys. Come on in. Uh, we're just doing a quick ask the bishop. Y'all come on in, just answer some questions. So does that answer your question? Uh, man of God, it should. Let's see here. I've had a few dreams lately about healing hands. Any insight? Great question. Um, so guys, let me say this dream interpretation is a very, very rare gift. I sometimes, when I listen to the body of Christ, it can be very concerning. Um, awesome. It can be very concerning because, you know, let me just say this while everybody can prophesy, everybody in the prophet, while everybody can dream, everybody cannot interpret dreams. Okay. Um, in the Bible, Joseph interpreted dreams. Daniel interpreted dreams, the apostolic gift interpreted dreams. That's it. In, in, in 4,000 years of biblical history. Um, um, and so in all of that, um, that's a very rare thing. Uh, I say that to say, um, be careful when you talk about, I got a book on this. and I get it. It's a very rare gift. It's a very, very rare gift. Um, so when you're talking about healing hands, to, to deal with an interpretation of the dream, it's it's uh, it will require a few more questions. So I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you the question. Then I want you to put it in there. One, were you in the dream or watching the dream? Number two, whose hands were they? All right, answer that for me, um, and then I'll be able to tell you more about that. My old dreams have been popping up in my mind, but the past few months of messages, but so many this series. That's a good thing. Um, whenever something is repeating, that means there's a message that is being reiterated. All right, guys, I did a series called Dreams. Can I get a few of you all to type that? I, I did a series called Dreams that'll be amazing for you that literally will teach you all of the ways God speaks. How many of you wave at me? You have struggled with like, what's God? Like, when is God speaking? Just do a wave at me. If you've ever struggled with that or had challenges with that, ever had an issue with that, like, when is the Lord speaking or is this God or what? Wave at me, wave at me. Um, I literally have taught... Uh, tons of messages, but that series dreams will walk you through all of the different ways that God speaks um, from logos, written word, rhema. That's the preached word. What's being illuminated about it. 
um, through storms. Job uh, talks about through the whirlwind, the Lord spoke. Um, through something you'd least likely expect when the Lord spoke through a uh, Well, actually, a jackass is a male donkey. A jenny is a female donkey. Um, when the Lord spoke through Balaam's donkey, he spoke through an ass, right? Which means God will even use people you think are stupid to say something to you. Let that be a word for you because sometimes God will use somebody that's not even saved to say something to you. Let's talk, all right? So get that series, Dreams. It'll help you. It's totally free. How do you do it? Somebody says, where can I find these series? I was just about to tell you. You can get them all in our app, all in the app. There's the app uh, Harvest. Somebody said, I did struggle with knowing what was God, but the, but the series helped with that. Come on. Get them in our app. Text the word Harvest to 55498, and you'll be able to do that. 55498. 55498. And uh, you, so you, that's the phone number, and you'll text the word Harvest at 55498. You'll get our app, and our app, you can get messages, music, and more, but you can get the series. They're on our YouTube channel, they're on our Facebook, some of them are on our Facebook channel, um, most everything that we have on video. Uh, thousands of messages. I think the number is like 1,200 or something. Messages, totally free because of the faithful giving of the people of Harvest. Um, we are faithful giving people. And so we went back to our archives. It was a major project. We went back to all of our archives and made all of that content 100% totally free. And when you look at some of the older messages, you can see my transformation from um, when I weighed, when I was 95 pounds heavier to now. All right, a few more questions we're going to answer, and then we'll hop out of here. Um, ooh, I like this one. This is good. What would you tell your teenage self? You ready? You're not as young as you think. That's what I would tell my teenage self. You are not as young as you think. Guys, if you got a question, put it in the question mark and uh, you can uh, answer any question. We'll be on for just a little bit more. Um, you are not as young as you think. Often, especially in American culture, we often think um, we see 18 as an adult. We see 30s, you know, as middle age. We see you know, you know, depending on your pedigree, your background, you may have some nuances to that. And the reality is in the Bible, y'all ready for this? In the Bible, Solomon takes the throne at 18. In the Bible, David is anointed to be king at 16. Um, I could give you story after story after story. Joseph has his dream at 17. He's prime minister at 30. Jesus starts his public ministry at 30. He prepares 30 years to only be in leadership for three and a half. I would tell my teenage self, you are not as young as you think. And I would say that to anybody who is south of 40, you are not as young as you think. Anybody over 41, I would say to you, you are not as old as you think. Because then we have people like Caleb, who was in his 80s. And he says, I'm just as strong today as I was back then. Um, give me this mountain. Moses doesn't even show up to deal with the children of Israel until he's in his 80s. Um, he dies at 120 years old, 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Um, he dies. So um, you're not as old as you think. You're not as young as you think. What's the lesson? Maximize every moment. Like stop putting stuff off. Do it now. Can I get a few of you to type that on the screen? Do it now. Like stop putting stuff off. So I'm going to do it later. I'm going to do it later. You know, in my third, when I'm 30, I'm going to do this. Like, do it now. You know, my story is such that, you know, I started my first business when I was 12. Someone says, this is not encouraging to anyone south of 30. No, quite the opposite. Um, it should be an encouragement because if you're not as young as you think, that's going to make you maximize your time. A lot of our time is wasted. Let's go here. You ready? A lot of our time is wasted because we are not clear on our why. I talked about this last night on prayer. A lot of our time is wasted. We're not clear on our why. We're not clear on what we're supposed to do. So let's go here. You don't pick the right friends. Somebody says time is not on our side. No, 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 no. Time is on our side. It is on our side. Um, time is on our side. Um, Y'all remember that old song, Time is on my side? Yes, it is. I just remember from that Denzel movie, uh, Fallen. But um, time is on our side. That's what the scripture says in Ephesians to redeem the time. What does that mean? Buy it back. Use it wisely. So for every moment you've wasted before, guess what? That's over. But you got to maximize your time now. You got to maximize it now. Um, and so many times when you don't know that, you'll waste time with bad friendships, bad relationships, um, bad business decisions, bad career decisions. You'll waste a lot of time with bad decisions 
because you are not clear on what you're supposed to do. Because the thought is, you know, I'm just having fun right now. Okay, you can have fun and still be fulfilled. You can have, you can enjoy life and still be intentional about purpose. All right. So that's what I would say. That's what I would say. All right. I'm going to take a few more questions. Let's see. What do we got? What would you tell today's leaders about the new way we are doing ministry? I would say evolve. Always evolve. If there's one thing about me and Harvest that we have always strived to do, striven to do, strive to do, um, is that we strive to evolve. And so the me that I am today is not the same me that I was 12 months ago. Um, the me that I am today is not the same me that I was yesterday. So I'd say the leaders evolve. Do not be married. If I listen, this is for everybody, not just in ministry leadership, but in life. Do not be married. Or let me say it this way. Never marry a method. Marry the outcome. Never marry a method. Marry the outcome. Jesus says three levels of power. He says, the name of Jesus is above every name. Then above that, Psalm says, you've exalted your word above your name. Jesus says, you have made the word of God of no effect because of your traditions, which you have passed down and many such things you do. Three levels of power. One, the name of Jesus. Number two is following his word. Number one, your habits. If you are married to habits that do not get you the right results, you will nullify the power of God's word. So many people say, it don't work, it don't work. You know, I'm just waiting on God. You're not waiting on God. God is waiting on you to change your habits, your patterns, and your traditions. All right? Um, all right? Uh, let's see. Let's go to the next question. Guys, if you have a question, can I get you to put it in the thing so everybody can see it? So everybody can see it. There's a few more in here. I'm going to take a couple more, and then we're going to move. Uh, signs you gave... Signs you gave the wrong pastors and, and go to the wrong church. So I, I'm not sure on the first part. Signs you gave the wrong pastor and go to the wrong church. So the Bible says sheep are called to the voice of a shepherd. I was doing a clubhouse room today. For those of you on clubhouse, y'all wave at me if you're on clubhouse. For those of you on clubhouse, um, we're going to be doing something. I'm going to have a consistent room. I got to have consistency. I know some people just pop up and do it. Um, and But my schedule is built, you know, pretty stacked. My schedule is always full. But I will say this. Uh, so we're going to be doing a consistent clubhouse um, weekly. So make sure you stay connected on social media and then get our app. So that way you'll be able to know when we're going to be doing that. Um, but um, this question came up today and the person was saying, well, I have church hurt. And so I'm trying to figure out what, what church I need to be in. And let me say this. There's no such thing as church hurt. You are hurt by people in church. Let me tell you why we call it church hurt, because what ends up happening is we were not expecting to need to have to protect ourselves that way around other Christians. But can I say to you, the scripture says this, um, the, uh, the enemy walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour, which means you always have to be prepared for the potential of pain. I'm gonna say it again. You always have to be prepared for the potential of pain. Um, and so many times, perhaps in church or even in family, right? Because what about family hurt? Um, what ends up happening is that you don't believe that you have to be, you don't have to be prepared for that potential and you do. Then their second part of their question was, well, you know, what church do I need to be at? Everybody listen to me. God, please listen to me. God, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians, he sets each one in the body as it pleases him. That's 1 Corinthians 12. But what does Jeremiah 3 teach us? Jeremiah 3 teaches us that God, he says that I will give them shepherds after my own heart, which means God has designed a pastor for you and sheep know the voice of their shepherd. Somebody said like an invite to clubhouse. Somebody you know has to give that to you. Um, God has uh, calls you to the voice of a shepherd. It is the voice of a shepherd that you respond to. It is not about a church building. It's not about, I like their kids program. I like their youth program. I like their counseling ministry. Don't, none of that matter. That's good stuff. Don't get me wrong. That's good stuff. But that's not what God calls you to. He calls you to a voice. Sheep know the voice of their shepherd. So it is the voice of a shepherd that God calls you to. Um, and when you hear that voice, you follow that voice. It's just that simple. When you hear that voice, you follow it. How do you know that voice? Here's some signs. That voice stirs things in you. That voice stirs a sense of purpose. That verse gives a sense of direct. That voice gives a sense of direction. Um, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, um, you see the Lord speaking. 1 Samuel chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. You see the Lord speaking to um, um, 
to um, uh, Samuel as a little boy. Eli was the was the man of God at the time, and the Lord speaking to him. And every if I listen to this, and every time the Lord spoke, please listen. And every time the Lord spoke, he would get up and he ran to Eli and said, "You called me." Eli would say, "I didn't call you." What does this teach us? That God's voice. When God uses this audible voice, which is why you need that dream series, because it's very rare that God uses that. Let me be careful of people talking about all day. The Lord was just talking, talking to God is not a gossip. He does not run his mouth. This is where you get that from. Hebrews 12. The scripture says when he speaks, things shake. Listen to me. When God speaks, something's about to shake. And the Bible says he shakes those things so that that only that which cannot be shaken remains. Y'all better listen. So that only those things that cannot be shaken remain. Um, so, you know, when people, when people going around talking about this audible voice they're hearing all day, oh, gotta be careful. That ain't Bible. And if, and if, and if he does speak, something's going to shake. Something is supposed to shake. Hebrews 12. I'm giving you scripture so you can go study it for yourself. Um, so, but God calls you to a voice of a shepherd. Um, that voice will speak life. That voice will speak encouragement. It will speak correction. It will speak direction. And when the Lord is speaking to you, he will make it sound like the voice of who he's assigned you to. All right. Go check your scripture reference. First Samuel chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. All right. Um, all right. Let's go here. All right. What we got? What would you tell your five-year-old son when he asks you where his father is? He's locked up. Um, I would say this, if he's five and he doesn't have a concept of, uh, you know, jail or prison or anything like that, I would just simply say he's, he's, he's not here right now. He's not here right now. He's not here right now. Once he's at an age of comprehension, then tell him the story. Let me say where a lot of parents mess up. I'm going to help you with this. But so you say, Bishop, you ain't got no natural kids. Oh, but I'd have raised a whole lot of grown people. So let me just go on and deal with that. And by the way, all of the parenting directors in the Bible come from people with no, with no kids. Paul didn't have no kids. He had spiritual kids, though. And that's where the majority of that is. Um, Solomon didn't raise his kids. Yet you see him giving a lot of wisdom. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Solomon, you had 700 wives and 300 girlfriends on payroll. You had no time to deal with your children at all. The servants raise your kids. All right. So um, but in the scripture, you see this principle in Hebrew culture. Um, and a good place you can look at it is Joshua chapter, Joshua chapter five. Um, and the Bible says you will tell your kids, everybody listen, you will tell your kids about our journey. In other words, don't you hold anything back. You will tell your kids about this journey. Um, and many parents in you thinking that you're protecting your children, you do not tell your children about your screw ups, about your mess ups about your bad relationship decisions, your bad money decisions. I need a few of y'all to get on here and just, just type to say, say it. Come on, say it. God bless you. God bless you, woman of God. Say, say it. All right? In Joshua chapter five, and you see this all throughout the scripture, God was like, tell them the story. Tell your kids the story. Tell them the truth. As a woman, tell your daughters how you picked the wrong man so you can kill that generational curse so she ain't doing the same thing. Got it? Because you said, I don't want to tell her. I just wanted to think I made good decisions. No, tell her that your picker sucks. Come on. This is ask the bishop. It's impromptu. So I'm not going to speak in Hebrew and Greek. Come on. All right. If you're a man, tell your son, son, I sucked at this. Son, I didn't do good at this. Son, I was supposed to do this and I didn't. Tell your kids, you know what? I didn't do this right. I disobeyed the Lord. I did it. Tell them. That's Bible. The Hebrews taught their children. And what happens? When they stopped teaching their children, that's when their children got off course. That's why you see scriptures like this. And a generation rose up. That's why in Joshua, he had to circumcise them a second time. Circumcision um, that was natural, of course, natural, the male circumcision of the foreskin. But it also had two additional meanings. It was to cut covenant. That's from Genesis 15. Um, meaning make a covenant with God. But then secondly, it was also about them, the foreskin of their heart, their stubbornness. All right. So what happens is when they didn't prepare their children and they didn't tell them, then what happens is they became, they did all of the same as they repeated the same stuff. So instead of empowering their children to be a curse breaker, they became a curse perpetuator. And I just need you to type on the screen. I'm a curse breaker. All right. I'm going to take a few more guys and then we're going to hop off. 
All right, just just an impromptu thing, but this is so fun to me. I love this. All right, um, let's see. What may a one do? Um, I think it's we said. What can you do to do a one on one session? Or what does a one on one session consist of? Um, so true. I still do one on one sessions. If you want to set one up, you can do that. Um, it's amazing because it benefits Harvest Missions. It's fantastic to do. You can set them up in our app or our website. You literally, when you go on there, it, it'll read, it'll explain everything to you. We call it coaching, not counseling, because the desire is to come up with a result, not create a patient. What's going on, Yolanda? The desire is to, is to come up with a, a, get you results, not just create a patient that has continual training. Or excuse me, not training, but con uh, a continual prognosis based on a diagnosis. All right. So, but you can go to our app or website and they'll tell you everything that that's about if you want to set one of those up. I love doing the one on ones. Even as full as my schedule is, I still do the one on ones because I really love that and I enjoy that. Like, I got a full, tomorrow's a full day. And as we're getting ready for my schedule to be in two cities, Denver and Atlanta, if you're in Atlanta, I want you to be part of our launch team. You can find out more about our Atlanta location that's coming. You can text HCATL to 55498. Can I get a few of you to put that on the screen? All right. Let's go here. Um, <clears throat> um, when Jesus was visited by Moses and Elijah, does that provide any insight? Um, to, uh, what's the rest of the question? To our ancestors being alive as they were alive. Good question. So a couple of things. One, um, when you're dealing with Elijah, let's remember that Elijah, do you give yourself a break, Bishop? I'm taking one on Thursday and Friday. I can tell you that. I'm going to be in New Orleans. If you're in New Orleans, even when you watch the replay, if you are in New Orleans or you know a place, I was having a lunch today with a pastor and um, he gave me some places. If you know some great places in Atlanta that I just have to check out, shoot, shoot me a, a DM about the places to check out in New Orleans. New Orleans. All right. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, so one thing about Elijah, remember Elijah was caught up into heaven alive. That's first King or second Kings chapter two. He is reincarnated as John the Baptist. John the Baptist is beheaded. And so when you see him, them appear, it is not that they are a, your spirit. Okay. Let's go here. You're a three part being you, you have a soul. It's your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. You are a spirit. That's your subconscious mind. You live in a body, okay? The spirit is the part of us that's eternal, okay? And by eternal, let me be clear, the wages of sin is death, meaning the death of the spirit. But the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life of what? The spirit. So in that, um, when they appear, it's their spirit um, that was appearing, not necessarily the form that they had. Um, um, so hopefully that answers that question. How did the decide? How did those around Jesus know that? Because they were listening to the conversation. That's how they knew. Um, let's go here. Um, let me see here. I'm trying to get some of the ones that were in here before. There's a lot in here. All right. Let's see. What is your daily routine, Bishop? Uh, every day is different. Every single day is different. Yesterday ended at 3 a.m. and I was up and at it at 8 a.m. Just the way it is. Just the way yesterday was. Today is not ending at three. No, it is not uh, in the morning. But every day is different. I schedule out everything. I calendar out everything. So that's um, so great question. Great question. Um, for all of you, especially by entrepreneurs that are on here, can I help you? Stop letting your day run you. You need to plan and manage your day. If it's not on your calendar, it doesn't exist. Stop living by this. I got it in my notes. I wrote it on a piece of a napkin. I wrote it on a... Stop. Stop. Put it in your calendar. When you eat lunch, put it in your calendar. When you're gonna make, let me let me go here. Let me go here. I'm gonna take one more question and then I gotta. When when you're gonna make calls, put that in your calendar. When you are gonna have social media time, put that in your calendar. It's quiet now. Why y'all getting quiet? Everything should be in your calendar. I do not care. Let me tell you something. All of my my all of my friends that are very successful. Multi, you know, multi-billionaires, very successful. You know what? I, I was talking, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. Um, and I said, you know, when I reach out to my friends that are successful, they 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 grab that phone when I call because they recognize the, the value of who's calling them. And if they don't, they be, Bishop, I apologize. I wanted to get you to grab your call. Those that maybe have not 
and everybody hear my heart. I'm not trying to say this to demean anybody. But when I look at people who maybe have not achieved as much or anything, they're always busy. They're always busy, always busy, always busy. Um, and, and I, please don't hear that in a demeaning way because if you know Bishop Form, you know that's not my heart at all. What I discovered is that successful people have created a schedule in life and this schedule of life allows for them to be able to nurture the things that are important to them. They can nurture relationships because they're scheduled. They're not, they're not always crunching stuff at the last minute, right? You got to get out of this procrastination thing. How many of you, come on, y'all talk to me real quick. How many of you are serial procrastinators? Wave at me. Wave at me. Like if you are a procrastinator, wave at me. Um, and social media is a huge distraction. It's a huge distraction. Now, it's good. It's got great benefits. But anything that's beneficial can also become a burden. If you don't, if, if you don't know how to, to, to manage it properly. So my suggestion would be put everything in a schedule. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. Schedule everything. Married couples, schedule stuff. About, I just want some spontaneity. Okay, well, be spontaneous when you plan it for Friday at 8. Right? But you just talk about, well, we just going to see how we feel when we get home. Okay. All right. It's never going to work. Never going to work. All right. And I think I saw a question pop up um, about what calendar. I like my systems to sync. Everybody knows I'm an Apple user. Um, um, I'm not even going to make an internet, or I mean, an Android joke today. Everybody knows I'm an Apple user. So I like my systems to sync. So I use the system that's there. So I just use the Apple calendar um, to keep it really nice and simple. That's what I use. Um, procrastination, y'all ready for this? Procrastination is a prideful approach to time like you'll never run out of it. Come on, I'm going to say that again. Procrastination is a prideful approach to time like you'll never run out of it. I'm going to pray for that. Father, I pray that we would break any areas of our life where we procrastinate, where we pridefully approach time like we will not run out of it. I pray that we would be good stewards of our time. I pray that we would manage our time well. I pray that we would do what the word says in Ephesians, that we would redeem the time. For the days are evil. Evil means contrary to us. The days are bringing up things that are against us, bringing up things to get us off of focus, bringing up things to get us off of our square. The days are evil. Evil in Hebrew means contrary. The days are contrary. So we must redeem the time. We got to buy it back. And I pray, God, that that's exactly what we do. In Jesus' name, somebody ought to type amen right there. I'm going to take one more, guys. Uh, we've been on for 40 minutes. I pray you've been blessed. Just the impromptu thing I wanted to do. Uh, tonight, Ooh this is a good one. Um, all right, there's several questions, and if I miss your question, can I get you to please make sure I'll do this again um, here soon. Um, so just when I go live, just do it, and I'll do it again here soon because I love doing this. They call me the People's Bishop, which we now own the trademark to that phrase, um, but because I love, I love, um, I love doing what I do, and I love. Interacting with people. All right. Um, boom. I'm going to hit these last two. Um, what artists are you listening to in your music playlist? Any genre? You know what? I love all types of music um, because I use music as a lesson. Um, I know that there are those. Uh, I won't go there. Let's go here. I won't go there. Let's go here. Um, I use music as a lesson. So I listen. So today, I, I listen to some stuff today I'd never heard. But I love that. It's my pleasure, Nina. Um, that I'd never heard. And it was good. Um, and it was a variety of genres. So what's in my playlist? I often will just let iTunes do a playlist and let it play. Um, and uh, I heard some... There's a song now that I like called Mountains by... Um, I think her name is Charlotte Day Wilson is what I think her name is. I love that song. Because that song... Listen. I use music and movies... I, I use them for lessons. Like our, our February series at Harvest Church is love songs. I'm literally taking love songs, songs about love, when love is good, when love was bad, when, you know, all of that. And I'm going to preach and I'm going to take it and use it from a practical standpoint and make it real practical. So I use everything that way. Um, so when I hear a song, I do that. But I love that, um, that I'm a New Jack Swing music lover. So anything Guy, Teddy Riley, any of that. Uh, I love all of that. So, um, but good question. And then here's the last one. Boom. 
How do you know when the right ones? But let me just go back to the music thing real quick. I encourage you all when you're listening to music. I did a music a series um, our series called Summer Playlists. Was that this year? That was this year called Summer Playlists, and um, uh, it's it's going to teach you a lot about music because your playlist is going to affect your mood. And I encourage you to get that serious. Can I get a few of y'all to do that? Some, type that on the screen, summer playlist, um, to just teach you about music so that you use it as a tool and a resource. You don't need to be listening to music that's going to pull you down. And some of you, you keep struggling with anxiety and depression and fear because of your playlist. Let's talk. Your playlist is creating an environment. If I listen, let's go here real quick. God, this is why I like doing this. But you see, it's taking longer than 50 minutes. In the scripture, and David, when David was playing, we learned some interesting things. The scripture says, and there was a distressing spirit uh, from the Lord that the, that the Lord sent to King Saul. David began to play. And as he began to play, the spirit left, which means that your playlist can create presence. Your playlist can create environment. Your playlist can create atmosphere. And so sometimes there's people say, I just don't know why I'm struggling. I don't know why I keep getting depressed. Your playlist, boo. Your playlist is the problem. What you're listening to, because every musical note has a corresponding Hebrew letter, which means while you say, I just like the beat, the beat is actually words. The beat is actually words because every musical note has a corresponding Hebrew letter. So when you're listening to a beat, I'm using this because David was playing. When, when you're listening to the music, the music is actually playing something into you, playing something into your environment. So if it had the ability to remove a stressful spirit, that means it also has the ability to bring them. Your playlist might be your problem. Can I get somebody to type that? Your playlist might be your problem. You know, but I just can't find no good man because you are listening to I'm not going to cry all day. I don't got the time because you're not. But that's what you're listening to all day. Got it? So you keep reliving and rehearsing that. Rehearse, rehear, rehearse, rehear. And every song, let's go here. My God. Okay, I got to move. Every song, had, every season has a song. And you have to be careful that you are not in a new season with an old song. That's what the scripture says. Says it. Now, listen, somebody says those songs are therapeutic. Sure, use them for therapy, but but listen, but not coping. Therapy means healing. Use it for therapy, but not coping. Okay, somebody says say this like, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. All right. So that is so important um, that you understand that. Um, uh, so important uh, that you get that. All right. Every season has a song. Over and over in the Bible, you saw God say things, sing unto me a new song. Sing unto me a new song. Why do you want a new song? He said, I don't want to hear this same old tired stuff. Y'all remember, <laughs> yep, one of my favorite movies, What's Up, Got to Do With It. Anybody know that movie? Wave at me real quick. Guys, we're almost done. This is the last question I hear, and then I've got to, I got to stop. Um, y'all remember, or y'all like that movie? Anybody know the movie, What's Love Got to Do With It? Wave at me. Um um, one of my favorite movies. I love to see an overcomer. I love for every woman that's ever or man that has ever survived domestic violence. I salute you. That's ever survived an abusive relationship. I salute you. You, um, the enemy attacked you in a personal way because he cuts you up close and personal and you survived it. Um, and so I salute you. Um, and men, women or men, because, you know, now we got women beating on men now. Um, but in that, uh, remember when Anna Mae, when Tina said, they just all sound the same, right? Anybody remember that for the movie? And that's when he was on his coke binge or whatever, and he just went off and hit her, beat her and all that. Um, her line was, they, they just all sound the same. Um, and actually, it wasn't until last year when a friend of mine said, you know, Bishop, when, when she said that, they literally do. He said, have you heard some of the other stuff? And he sent me a song I'd never heard from Ike and Tina. I was like, well, don't go on it. Tina was right. I said, he get mad at her because he writing the same song. The song sounded, I said, this sounds exactly the same song, just different lyrics. Um, in other words, you cannot move seasons if you're still singing the old song. And again, let me be clear, guys. Don't don't take that somewhere I didn't take it. That does not mean you can't listen to old. Again, I love 
uh, uh, New Jack Swing, 90s R&B. I love that. Um, but I am conscious of the fact that I am beyond that. I am beyond that. You actually met Ike at Costco. My, my, my. All right. <laughs> All right. Look, how do you know when the right one um, shows up or it's the right one? Wow. That's a loaded question. I want to point everybody. I'm going to say it again. Guys, get our app. Free, um, uh, I say free, but no, messages that are in there um, that will speak to this. I've taught a lot of relationships, um, relationship revolution, and so many. How do you know when the right one shows up? So let's stop. Okay, the right one. Everybody listen. Everybody listen. There is no such thing as the one. I'm going to back that thing up so you get it. There is no such thing as the one. There isn't. There just isn't. Um, what do you mean, Bishop? I, I, my soulmate. Where is that in scripture? It's not in the Bible. It is a nice concept that sells stuff in February. Um, what there is, is the right fit. The right fit. Can I get a few of you to type that? The right fit. The right fit. Let me tell you why there's no such concept as the one. Let me give it to you. All right. Let's use that theory. So let's say that Jack's supposed to get with Jill, but he, get, but, but he gets with Jackie. Okay, Jack's supposed to get with Jill, but he gets with Jackie. So now, what does that mean? The people that they were supposed to be with, everybody's off now because of one couple's bad decision. It doesn't even make practical sense logically. What there is, is the right fit. See, everybody listen, some people will say, I wouldn't tolerate all that. Well, maybe that's not the right fit for you. Got it? Well, I want this and this and this. It's the right fit for you. And in relationships, most people date wrong, so they marry wrong. And if you date wrong, you'll marry wrong. And if you marry wrong, it won't last long, even if it lasts long. What do you mean by that? Because the relationship will be over before you admit it. Many times relationships have ended, just the people in them won't admit that. They won't admit that this is over. It's that we're fighting to, to protect this image we've created for people. We're fighting. Everybody watch this. We are fighting for love as if love is an achievement or an accomplishment. And it's not. It's part of life, but it is not an achievement, nor is it accomplishment. So it's about the right fit, right? So for somebody, you know, somebody may want a wife that's a bit more domestic. And you can't say, well, he needs to want. No, he, the right fit for him is a domestic woman. So he wants you to cook and clean and, and all that. Got it? Um, there, for another man, the right fit may be, I don't care nothing about that. Let's just go. You know, look, we'll eat out. We're good. Um, you cannot demonize the differences that people have based on what's the right fit for them. All right. So I would point you, there's so much more to that, but um, the messages I've taught in relationships, I did a series, Lovers and Friends. Let's talk about sex, um, relationship revolution. There's tons of them in our app, our podcast, our YouTube channel. Can I get a few of you to type that on every platform? Text Harvest to 55498 and you can get our app and you can do that. Um, but the reality is, um, you're speaking straight peace, but come on, because, because many people, especially, let me just go here real quick, guys. If, if you grew up in church, um, sometimes the things that were taught were culture, not Christ. They were cultural, not biblical. You were sold a dream. You've been hoodwinked. You've been bamboozled in the words of Malcolm. You were sold an Americanized version of Christianity. You were sold an Americanized version of that. Um, that says for you for, to know that God has blessed you is you got to have a wife and a husband and this picturesque American family. Consider this. Jesus didn't have that. One of the, my favorite series of all time is Modern Family. Um, Jesus didn't have that. Jesus' family was straight up dysfunctional. All right. He was the curse breaker. His family's dysfunctional. Bishop, how do you know that? One time Jesus was preaching and I really have to quit. All right. I really have to quit. I mean, when I say quit, I may have to get off. Jesus' family was dysfunctional. One time, Jesus is preaching. And I want you to pay attention to some things. Jesus' brother and brothers and mother, they come to get him off of his assignment. They say, hey, we need to talk to Jesus. They go to Jesus. God says, hey, we need to talk to Jesus. Here's what I want you to see. Jesus did not invite them to be a part of, their, of his ministry because he knew they were going to make a mess of it. Many of you, you have invited family folk and relatives into spaces that they were not supposed to be in. They're not supposed to be your business partner. They're supposed to be your cousin. 
Y'all ain't going to talk to me now. They were not supposed to, uh, to be a part of your nonprofit. They were only supposed to be your sister. Y'all are not saying anything to me on this live tonight. All right. All right. They were supposed to be your husband, not your business partner. It's quiet. Sometimes you want to build a dynasty with people that don't have a dynasty mentality. Okay. So, um, and, and so that's so very important. Um, that you get this concept. So Jesus didn't, they were not part of his ministry because when he was preaching, they weren't there. Then they say, come on, come on, Jesus. We need to talk to Jesus. Um, Jesus says, they said, your mother and brother's outside. Look what Jesus says. Jesus, he, this is what he says. Who is my mother and brothers? His mama standing right there. I love Jesus because he is an absolute G. Do you hear me? That's why he's God. He's a G. He's God. Jesus says this. He says, who is my mother and brothers? His mama standing right there. Now, for those of us that grew up in the South, could you imagine your mama standing right there? And you're talking about who is my mama? You already know it would have went down right there. Who is my mother and brothers? He points to his 12 and he says, this is my mother and brothers. Whoever does the will of my father. Everybody listen, Jesus redefines family and relatives at that moment. He redefines family and relatives at that moment. He redefines the two. Relative, right, someone said you get popped. Absolutely, you get knocked all the way down. I don't care how, could you imagine Jesus is a grown man? Jesus is looking, I don't care how grown you are. Just talking to me like that in front of all these people. I will, <laughs> took a house shoe off, <laughs> got a slide off, <laughs> right? So in all of that, uh, he points to them. He redefines family and relatives. Family are people that are headed in the same direction as you. Relatives are people who share common ancestry as you. That's your bloodline. And there's a difference between the two. Never confuse family and relatives because much of your family won't be related. I just said something right there. Much of your family won't be related to you. Much of your family may not be related to you. That's not to be anti-relatives. It's just to be mindful of that. Because sometimes you are wanting something that even Jesus didn't have. All right, I got to go. I pray you've enjoyed this impromptu time tonight. Um, listen, if this bless you, sow into it. If it bless you, sow into it. How do you sow? Use the cash app, Bishop Foreman. Somebody said, I tune in right on time. Come on here, Reese. Bishop Foreman with the number one. Bishop Foreman with the number one, if you want to use the cash app. For those of you who are connected to Harvest and you know our other giving methods, uh, text to give and all of that, you can uh, go to harvestchurch.church forward slash give. You can give that way. Or you can also use PayPal, Venmo, Zelle. You can use those ways. And to give that way, it's all hello at Harvest Church. Church. I want to do this real quick, though. If you're watching, thank you so much. This is wonderful. I'm glad I bless you. It was impromptu. I had a break of time and I said, let me just do it tonight. If um, you don't join Jesus tonight, tonight's your night. It's F-O-R-E-M-A-N. There might be a Bishop Foreman with two R's. That ain't me. F-O-R-E-M-A-N. Tonight. If you do not know Jesus as, you, as your Lord and Savior, tonight's your night. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. If you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand to the Lord. Or if you've fallen away from God, tonight's your night. You're not watching this by accident. What I want you to do is simply, on the count of three, just do that hand wave emoji or say, it's me. And I want to lead you in a quick prayer, and then we're out of here tonight. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right now. Do that hand wave emoji or say, it's me. I don't want to get off of this live without giving you an opportunity to give your life to the Lord tonight. All right, somebody said, I met, uh, 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 he says, I missed the good questions. That, that's all right, the replay will be up. We'll put the replay up. We'll put it on our YouTube and, and the Bishop Foreman YouTube and the Bishop Foreman Facebook and stuff like that too. All right, if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure, I just need you to hand wave emoji or say it's me, wherever you're at. I'm okay, I'm gonna I'm wait on you, five. I'm not gonna get off until I drop that net. That's what we call it at Harvest, give you an opportunity to come to the Lord, four. Three, you are safe. It's my pleasure for sharing my time. It's my pleasure. Three, I'm waiting on you. Two, one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I know sometimes people respond late. I'm still going to have us um, to say the prayer. I'm still going to have us to say the prayer because often once I start praying, then hands start popping up. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Just do the hand with emoji. Say it's me. Everybody pray this to me. I don't care if you and Jesus were locker buddies in school. I need you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your sacrifice for me. 
I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to run this race in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, recommitted yourself to the Lord, are you sure? Text the word decision. I got all these texts for you, so we're, we're in a paperless world. Text the word decision to 55498. And when you do that, you'll be, uh, we'll send you a message to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. I see you sowing. Keep sowing. If tonight was a blessing to you in any way, so church tomorrow night at Harvest is going to be amazing. Um, the word tomorrow is this. This is not that. And it's so good. It is so good. It's so amazing. Um, this series we've been in for many of you, especially if you don't normally watch our lives, watch tomorrow and really just stay connected. Like there's something you got tonight. So I encourage you to stay connected to that. Um, I my goal, my goal as a pastor is for people to see results in their life, like preaching just for the sake of blah, 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 running your mouth. I'm not into that. I'm into people seeing results. And uh, and so tomorrow's night's word is going to help you to get results um, in your life. For many of you, you're at this Jordan River moment, this Jordan River place in life. And uh, and I know that that uh, is going to help you with that. Um, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I'm going to say this phrase from the message. Ready? I'm going to say this one phrase and we are done. Will it be live stream? Yes, it'll be live stream. If you get our app and you text Harvest to 55498, you'll get a mobile push when we go live. Um, thank you. Praise God. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Um, Wednesday, seven o'clock mountain, uh, nine o'clock Eastern. Let me say this. What if, listen to this y'all, and then I'm going to read your responses. What if the way you imagined it is ruining how good it actually is? I'm going to say that again. And I didn't, I didn't say it exactly like I'm going to say in the message. I tweaked it a little bit. So you watch the message tomorrow. What if the way you imagine something to be is ruining how good it actually is? I need to see your responses to that phrase. What if the way you imagined it to be is ruining how good it actually is? I see woes. I see wows. I see well. I say that's another good word. So good. Wow, what are you referring to? Got to watch that word tomorrow. Wow, woo, come on, wow. All right, wow, I see the facial expressions. Release me, Lord, my, 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 wow, Bishop. I'm reading you, Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy. Look here, OMG, my goodness. Come on, I'm just reading your responses. What's your response? This is going to be off of the chain. Oh, man, so true. Claps, oh my goodness. Eyes. <laughs> Let's go to church. Come on, church. Lord, give me wisdom. My goodness in my Nigerian accent. Come on, my good. I don't know if I got a good Nigerian. I'll work on my Nigerian accent. Wow. Hype. Well, fire. I don't have a lighter, but fire. Wow. Hasn't entered in, into my thinking. Oh, man, my God. What if the way you imagine something to be is ruining how good you actually thought it, or how good it actually is? What if your imagination of how your life would be by now is making you miss how good your life actually is? There's so much to that. Tomorrow night, we're going to do the message. This is better than that. All right. I got to go, guys. We've been on here for an hour. I love you tremendously. It was fun spending time with you tonight. IG, we'll put this on the Facebook page and um, the Bishop Foreman Facebook, Bishop Foreman YouTube. Again, if you don't have that app, get that app. Text Harvest at 55498. Tonight, bless you. Go so into it. Bishop, what should I sow? So 25, 50, 100. You're loaded. Show 100,000. You got it. You're sowing into good ground. You're sowing into a ground um, that owes nobody nothing except to love them. So you're sowing into good ground. Go so Harvest Church Give or Bishop Foreman One is the cash app, or you can use our website, Harvest Church at Church forward slash give. PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, all of that. Hello at Harvest Church, that church. Have an amazing night, everybody. I gotta go. And uh, I'll see y'all tomorrow. Shalom, everybody. Oh, by the way, we're gonna be posting this behind the scenes thing from Sunday's photo shoot. It was hilarious. Um, you get to see sort of another, another side of me in that. It was fun. Love you guys. Have an amazing night. Go so. Love you. Bye-bye.
need USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.